Okay, I am super stoked on today to come on and talk to you guys about what I've been talking to the Father about on today concerning you, concerning me, concerning what he has for us on today. All right, I'm just going to jump. I'm going to jump right on in because I don't want to waste any time on today. If I had to pick a title for what we're going to talk about today, it would be called Walking on Water. The title would be called Walking on Water. And if I had to put a subtitle on this thing for today, it would be called It's Time to Go to the Other Side. I don't want you to waste any more time on social media. I don't want you to waste any more time looking for what you need to be doing in this season. It is time to go to the other side. We're going to go quickly to Matthew 14, 22 and 33. Again, Matthew 14 verses 22 through 33. And some of you may already know where I'm going on today. I'll be talking a little bit about Peter and the scenario with him being bidded to walk on the water. I'm going to jump right in again. My title on today is walking on water. And if I had to put a subtitle on it, I'm telling you guys, it is time to go to the other side. God is letting me know to let you know and to let myself know it is time to go to the other side. You can forget all the distractions that are going around with you today, whether it's um, friends, family, job, kids. I don't know what your distraction might be on today, but I'm here to help you to do a course correction and tell you it is time to go to the other side. God wants you to know it's time to walk on water. Now jump quickly again to Matthew 14 verses 22 to 23. I'm going to read it very quickly and we're going to dissect this thing. Immediately after this, Jesus made his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. Afterward, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him, they screamed in terror, thinking he was a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. It's all right, he said, I am here, don't be afraid. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you by walking on water. All right, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he looked around at the high waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Instantly, Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed him. You don't have much faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, 
they exclaimed. Okay, besides that being one of the most compelling <laughs> scriptures that I love to read, no matter how many times I read it, it always moves me because it's so many nuggets in there. Um, whether I choose to focus on what Jesus is doing at the start of the scripture or whether I choose to focus on what the disciples are doing. It is just so much meat in the scripture to eat on today. I'm just going to just dive right in. The first thing I want you to know that it's time to go to the other side. Jesus tells the disciples, he, he signals them and tells them it's time to go to the other side. And the reason I say that and I start immediately there is because everything that's happening to, to you, everything that's happening around us, God is well aware of it. He's not sitting in heaven with his eyes uh, wide shut. He's not in heaven sleep. It says, he never sleeps or slumbers. He's omnipresent, omnipotent, and omnipotent. He's everywhere all the time, all powerful, all knowing. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the author and finisher of our fate. He knows everything all the time. There's nothing that escapes his eye. Heaven is his home. Earth is his footstool. God knows what's going on. You can't pray anything to him that he doesn't already know. You're only telling him what he already knows. He's already written the plan. You're just living something that he's already written out. He's already, uh, he's basically looking at something that he's, you're walking something he's already written out. So when I, I sit and I look at this thing and he tells them to go to the other side, it, it, it's a, it's an awesome thing. Cause it lets me know that, you know, something's getting ready to happen. There's something awesome getting ready to happen in their lives and they don't even know it. So, so now they're headed to the other side. And even before they're headed to the other side, I had to stop for a minute. And as I was looking at the scripture, I caught a quick nugget. It says that Jesus is escaping in solitude to spend time with the father at the, at that onset of the scriptures. He's even taking that time to escape distractions of life. He's spending time while he's sending them to the other side and they encounter this storm. He's taking some time to spend with the father. So taking this, just this onset is teaching us something. This takes a moment to just tell us a template of how we should be living our life when there's multiple distractions coming around us to and fro, that we should take an opportunity to get alone with God and get away from the distractions so that we can develop a disciplined spirit so that we're able to grow in our relationships with God. That's what that quick nugget taught me, even at the onset of this story. So, so getting back to the disciples, so he sends them to the other side and they find themselves in a storm. The, if the word serves me correctly, they're in the storm and it says that a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. Now imagine this, you've just had a busy week of miracles and you have been with uh, 
the Messiah. He's been doing all of these miracles and, and then he sends you to the other side. He's basically, I could imagine this, they've uh, become very close to him. And when you've become very close to someone, um, they kind of become a safety net for you. So now they, he sent them to the other side and they've caught inside of this storm and they don't know what's going on. You know, they, they just know that, you know, we got to get these sails up, you know, to try to keep the boat from getting water in it. They're, they're probably panicking. If, if you can kind of picture this in your mind, everything's going good. The water was probably calm. Then all of a sudden in the middle of the night, the waves are starting to crash against them and they're starting to panic and they don't know what they're going to do. I bet you at this moment in time, no one's thinking about singing a hymn. No one's thinking about praying. No one's thinking about doing any of those things that we always say that we're going to do when the storms of life come our way. The things that we should do, we find ourselves doing the total opposite when the storms of life come our way. And, and that's why I like this scripture so much because it's so much like us, isn't it? How when life hits us, we don't necessarily go into uh, a, an immediate worship. In an, in an immediate prayer. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Maybe some of us that are more mature, we find ourselves going into an immediate prayer and immediate worship. But I know when I was a lot younger in my word, I didn't immediately do that. I didn't. I got to just be honest and, 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 and let you know I did not immediately do that. And I can see myself in these disciples having a panic attack, looking at this storm, trying to figure out what are we going to do? And this is happening about three o'clock in the morning and Jesus, here he comes walking on the water. And, and I could have imagined what they're thinking like, wait a minute, we're in the middle of a storm. Who is this walking on the water? It, what is this walking on the water? And then and they, they, they see something coming on the water. I, I'm sure the panic that's happening in their minds and, and in their life is causing them not to see him clearly clearly see catch that now when you are panicking and you're not calm it causes you to see things cloudy that's why it's so important to get in a place of solitude when life is starting to happen you got to slow down you got to get in a place of worship you got to begin to come into a state of peace one thing that I know that revelation it's hard to get revelation when you're in a place of chaos. See, right now I can see that storm causing them to panic and causing them to go into a place of chaos. And that's what caused them to see him as a ghost instead of to see him as who he really was, which was Jesus. See, if they had to just calm down for a minute, they would have been able to see him as who he really was. But they were, they was panicking. They were in a state of terror, which caused them to see him in a different state. Now catch that. The next time you get in a situation, watch how you see things when you're upset rather than how you would see it when you're not upset. That's why it says to be slow to anger. Okay, so uh, verse 27 is interesting because verse 27, it says, but Jesus spoke to them at once. When, when they start thinking that he was a ghost, he spoke to them at once and said, it's all right. He said, I am here. Don't be afraid. So it's interesting that he speaks to them. He knows our thoughts. They think he's a ghost. He speaks to them. 
He speaks to them because what? My sheep know my voice. Y'all, I love this. I love this scripture. It's so much nuggets in there. Look at that. In, in verse 26, it says, when the disciples saw him, they screamed in terror, thinking he was a ghost. Then in verse 27, it says, but Jesus spoke to them at once, at once. You see, immediately he's speaking to them so that he, they will know he, I am not a ghost. It's all right. He said, I am here. He's letting them know I'm not a ghost. This is me. See, my sheep know my voice. When he speaks there, he's, he's basically letting them know they're going to know my voice if they're my sheep. And when he spoke, they knew his voice because guess who, who responded to him? The next verse, which is 28 is Peter. It says, then Peter called to him. So immediately once Jesus spoke, Peter begins to call to him. Peter is one of his sheep. Peter says, Lord, if it is really you tell me to come to you by walking on the water. All right, come. Jesus responds back. All right, come. So Peter went out out of the side of the boat and begins to walk towards Jesus. See, Jesus says, come. And Peter begins to come towards him. You said, so what does all that mean? I'm saying it's time to go to the other side. Jesus has an assignment for you. He's telling you to come out on the water. I need for you today, podcasters, to stop being distracted by what you see and what you hear. God has an assignment for you on your life. Nothing's changed. He needs for you to get out of the boat and walk on the water. And in knowing this, when you get out the boat, everybody's not going to go. The reason I know everybody's not going to go, let's watch what happens when Peter gets out of the boat. He gets out of the boat, but when he looked around at the high waves, now get this, because the storm is still raging. He, he gets out of the boat. He walks on the water, which lets me know that when Jesus calls you to this specific task, he's telling you go to the other side. He's aware that when you go to the other side, there's some things and some storms of life that are going to come your way, but he's going to carry you through this storm. He wants you to walk on the water. You need to have the faith to believe that if he's called you to it, he's going to bring you through it. And if he's going to bring you through it, he doesn't need you to look back. We don't need to have a lot wife situation. You know what a lot wife situation is? See, Lot's wife looked back when they was called out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot's wife looked back. There was no reason to look back. God had called them forward into something new, but for some reason she had to look back because she could not accept the fact that there was newness ahead. She thought that she would be missing out on something. So she needed to look back. When I look at this scripture with Peter, it says, so Peter went over off the side of the boat. He began walking on water. But when he looked around at the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. See what happens is the storm, as long as that storm that was around him didn't get into him. When he was focused on Jesus, looking at Jesus, walking toward Jesus, knowing what his assignment is, not worrying about what's going on around him, not looking to the right or to the left, but keeping his eye on the prize, looking to the hill from which cometh his help because his help comes from God, looking to God for everything that he needs because he, God is his provider. He wasn't looking to anybody else. He was doing okay. He was looking to God as his reference point. If he needed a course correction, his course correction was coming 
coming from God. But when he looked around at the high waves, come on now. When he looked around at the high waves around him, he began to feel terrified. You know why? Because then that storm that was around him, that was raging, that wasn't in him before, he began to focus on the storm and took his eye off the prize. And then when he began to focus on the storm, the storm began to get inside of him. And once it gets inside of you, it's hard to get it out of you. It just begins. I can see it now. It just began to contaminate his heart. It began to contaminate him with doubt that, okay, what am I going to do if I begin to sink? And guess what? So shall a man thinketh, so is he. And once he thought he was going to sink, he began to sink. And I'm here to tell you on today that God has an assignment on your life. God said, it's time to go to the other side. God says it's it's time in this season for you to walk on water. I don't care about COVID-19. Yes, you need to uh, do social distancing. You need to do everything that they told you to do because you need to do and use wisdom. I'm not telling you not to use wisdom, but you need to do what God has told you to do as well. You need to go deeper in your word with God because he has an assignment on your life. You need to escape in your quiet time and solitude with God because you need to go deeper. God has an ultimate plan that still needs to be worked to completion concerning you. You have people attached to you that still need to be saved. Don't get distracted because we have COVID-19 out here and we have a march going on or we have looting and rioting. That stuff is all temporal. It's all going to pass away and God's word still going to remain. When everything passes away, God's word will remain and you need to keep your eye on that. If you don't keep your eye on anything else, God's word will remain. It's so awesome because I was reading Ezekiel today and in, in the word of God was saying who could stand in the gap, who could rebuild this wall. And there was no one. And what that was meaning to me was being able to have the faith. It wasn't building the wall with stones, but it was building the wall in unity with faith. See, it's hard right now to find people with the faith needed to stand in unity and help people to move to a higher place in God because people are getting distracted from their call. People are getting distracted from what God has called them to do because they're distracted by social media. They're distracted by the care of life. They're distracted by trying to accomplish things that's not going to get them into heaven. I'm here to tell you, God is saying it's time to go to the other side. It's time out for all that. God has an assignment on your life. It's time for a course correction. I decree and declare that you're correcting yourself right now. You're coming just like a ship with a sail. You're course correcting. God's your reference point that he said it's time to go to the other side, that you are like Peter right now. Now. He's calling you and your faith has called you to react to him and that you are now walking on water. And when you walk on water, I decree and declare that you will not be afraid of the things that are around you. You matter of fact, you will not look at the things that are around you. I decree and declare that you will begin to look to the hills from which cometh your help because your help cometh from God. He will not leave you. When he put them in this storm, he was well aware of the situation. He 
wasn't in heaven confused. He wasn't in heaven dumbfounded. He knows exactly what's going on here on earth. He knows exactly what's going on in my life. He knows what's going on in your life. He's going to provide for us. He's going to take care of us. He loves us. His seeds don't go begging bread. And Deuteronomy's 31 and 6, he told Joshua to be of good courage, to meditate on these scriptures day and night. He said that he would never leave or forsake us. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. You have to be able to love and know what God is talking about. You have to be able to know these scriptures so that you can be able to have them in your heart. Like David said, that word have I hidden in my heart so that I might not sin against you. See, when, when the world is telling you one thing, you can be able to trust God and know that God is telling you something else and you won't be tossed to and fro. You will be able to stand on the word of God. That's he's unmovable and he's unshakable. See God, he wants you to know on today that he loves you. He loves you. And the storms of life, they come to build you. They don't come to make you afraid. They come to build us up. Let me tell you what the storms of life come to do. Because some people will make it seem like the storms of life are coming to make you have a lowly spirit. And all these other things, it's just nonsense. That's not why the storms of life come. We should be happy to be able to suffer alongside Christ. We are co-laborers with the Holy Spirit. To be able to go through our storms with a glass spirit is an awesome things in Ephesians 6 and 11. It tells us to put on the whole armor of God so that we can withstand the wiles of the enemy. You know why we put on the whole armor of God? We put on the whole armor so that when the storms of life come against us, that like Peter, when that's that, that thing, the issues of life was raging around him, that we have that breastplate of righteousness. So it doesn't get inside of our spirits. We have the helmet of salvation. So things don't penetrate our minds and our thoughts. Cause we know that so shall a man thinketh. So is he, we know that the power of the mind and the battles that can go on in the mind, we know the power of making sure that we need to have on the armor of God. Let me tell you something about the storms of life. Storms make you strong. Storms come to make you strong. Storms come to build you. They come to make you steadfast. James one and three tells us storms come to make you steadfast. They help to test your faith. Storms come to test your faith. Storms help to mature you. Storms help to mature you. James also says to let the steadfastness, steadfastness work its perfect will. That's what storms do. Your storms can give you a new perspective. I know that I'm right. Storms that I've gone through in life have allowed me to have a new perspective on things. It, storms that I went through when I was younger have given me a different perspective now that when I go through that same storm when I'm older. We don't always know why trials hit, but we know this, that they help us see life from God's perspective. We need to gain wisdom and we gain wisdom through our trials. The word of God says that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. That's in James one and five. And what an awesome way to gain wisdom would be going through a storm. Storms build genuine humility, genuine humility. I'm sure when Peter came out of that storm, 
from walking on that water, once he sank and God pulled him out, he learned a lot from that. He, I, I bet you he didn't feel like a failure. You know what he felt like? He felt like, wow, I just walked on water. I can't believe I did that. But not only that, God, you were here for me. Jesus, you were here for me the whole time. You told me to come and you, you really were here. And even when I sank, you were still here. And when he came out of it, he had a new perspective. He had a new perspective. And not only that, he gained wisdom. And then you know what? The people around that watch the situation, they even gained faith from watching what he went through. This is what storms do. Storms are magnificent. Storms are an awesome thing to go through. For the people watching and the person involved in the storm. I'm sure when he was going underwater, yes, he was nervous. Yes, water it was going through his nose. He was feeling some kind of way. But I'm sure when he came out of that, this is what he said to himself. If I ever get another opportunity like that again, I'm going to walk on water and I'm not looking back. I'm going to walk on water when Jesus calls me. And I'm not looking back. Matter of fact, if he beckons me to call, I'm going to run on the water. See, storms do something to you. They charge you. They build vitality in you. They help to produce a ministry in you that good times just can't produce. I, I don't know why. I don't know why when I bake cookies and, and, and bake cakes, they just don't produce that kind of spiritual power in me. But a storm just does it. A storm builds genuine humility. And I say genuine humility because there's a lot of people with false humility. Yes, storms build a genuine humility. It makes me uh, just have a different type of appreciation for the people around me, for God, for, for my ministry. It makes me learn how to love a little bit better. And, and I'm not afraid to say that because everybody can learn how to love a little bit better and a little bit deeper because to have true agape love, we are always striving to have that unconditional love. And I, and I have to admit, I'll be the first to admit, I haven't arrived at it. I fall short every day, but I can tell you this, I'm a lot further than where I used to be. I'm a lot further. The word of God said, let every man examine himself. And I'm not afraid to say, you know what? I'm a lot further than where I used to be. And I'm closing. Again, the principle that I want you to take out of this week in this podcast, you gotta use your faith, trust God. He wants you to go to the other side. I know there's so much going on with all the distractions that are going on, but I need for you to steal away some solitude time. There's some spiritual growing that needs to happen. There's an assignment on your life. God loves you on today. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, I don't, I don't care what you've done. God has an assignment on your life. He loves you. And, and, and some of you may feel like, you know what, how can he use me? You know, what, what does he, what could he use me for? You know, I failed at this. I failed at that. You know, I'm this, I'm that. Let me tell you something. Everybody has an assignment on their life. God has a plan in mind when he created each and every one of us. You are valuable to him and he loves you.
He loves you. He loves you more than you love yourself. He loves you. And I'm closing. And again, if you, if you need prayer, if you need anything, you know where I'm at on Facebook. I'm on Instagram under Mrs. Colorful Day. You can DM me. I'm more than happy to pray for you guys. And again, go back to the other podcast. Listen to them. They all build on each other so that you can grow in your walk with God. And most of all, know that God loves you. Know that I love you. Know that I am praying your strength in the Lord. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are closing. I ask that you continue to inscribe your word on your people's heart. God, we love you. We worship you, God. We love you for your beauty, your splendor, just for who you are, your sovereignty. God, cover your people, God, with your blood, God. Do it now. Meet them where they stand in need of, God. Each and every one of them. And for every podcaster, God, that's under the sound of my voice, God, Bless them and do it now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. And again, I'm so excited you guys came on. And I can't wait till you listen to the next podcast. And until next time, be blessed.